0: It was a word from the past. Can you believe it? A soldier sent a letter to his mom in 1945, and the letter was just delivered. The 22-year-old army sergeant was serving in Germany just after the close of World War II. What a word from the past. The doorbell rang, a widow, 89-year-old Angelina Gonsalves answered, and it was her long-time postman with a registered envelope in his hand. Was your late husband in the service? Yes, she replied, but I didn't know him then. With that confirmation, the letter carrier said, I think I have something special for you. Handing her the letter written so long ago, for so many decades that message undelivered, although written to his mother, Angelina accepted it as a sweet word from her late husband John, a flood of emotions. God's word can be like that too. It's from the past, yet his word still speaks now. Welcome to Haven Today, here on Wednesday. I'm Charles Morris. We get to share the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series continuing for a second week called all the bible in 90 days in a moment we're going to look at a very familiar passage of scripture maybe one of the most familiar passages in fact right up there with genesis 1 1 and john three sixteen. it's ephesians chapter 2 that you read on day 82 as you read with me through the bible in 90 days Those of us who grew up in a Christian home probably memorized some of these verses at a very young age. Pastors often preach from it. Those of us who were converted later in life probably came across it very early in our Christian walk. But is there a danger that we read it too often, that we forget what it really says? Maybe. Stay with me as we think about gospel truths found in a powerful passage in Scripture. But before we do that, I want to challenge you to join me and read the Bible through in 90 days. Now, this may sound a little bit ridiculous if you've never heard me talk about it before, but that's what I thought until I gave it a try and how the Lord blessed me reading the Bible through in less than three months. A while back, I spoke with blogger Amy Gross about her experience.
1: I asked God to guide me through. I said, this is something I believe that you want me to do, Lord, guide me through it. And he was faithful, and I was faithful to him, and he was faithful to me. And I took that Bible with me everywhere Mm. I went. And this was before smartphones, so I was carrying my big Zondervan Bible, Nine Days Bible, everywhere. I took it to restaurants, and when I was waiting for someone to meet me, Mm. I took it to appointments when I was waiting for someone to meet me, to look at the house, to do a walkthrough, and I read. I took it to my um, doctor's appointments, and I read it there. since then, I've read it many more times in 90 days, and I found myself reading it in the carpool line when I'm waiting to pick up my kids or waiting for a pot of water to boil before making dinner. There's, you just have to, to ask God to show you the time, and then you have to respond when he gives you the time mm. to. What I would like to say is God wants you in his word, and, and soak it in, and as hard as it can be to add that hour, hour and a half, whatever it is for your reading speed, take that time if that means that you have to wake up and read an hour before your kids get up or if that means you read 20 minutes before they wake up and then you read 20 minutes at lunchtime and then you read 40 minutes later in the day find those pockets of time because that time that you give to the lord will turn back to you with so many blessings that you can't imagine
0: amy gross from the mom's toolbox blog sharing about her experience with the bible in 90 days reading plan you can hear more from her and others who've read through the Bible in 90 days on our Great Stories podcast just out today. Listen to that at org. And while you're there, why don't you sign up for our weekly Bible in 90 days email that includes the reading plan for the next three months. It's absolutely free, and it'll give you weekly insights and encouragement in what you'll be reading each week. And I'd really like you to experience the blessing of reading God's Word regularly. So sign up at haventoday.org. Or you can ask for the reading plan bookmark when you call us at 800-654-2836. 865-HAVEN. Or if you'd like to have the actual Bible that shows you where to start and where to stop each day, we do have the special 90-day Bible. Let me mention, it's a little larger print. It comes in a slim edition. You can take it with you wherever you go. So for your gift to help support Haven Ministries in 2022, we'll send you this Bible right away. Once again, our number is 800-65-HAVEN, or the website to go to is haventoday.org. And now, let's begin the program. This is is amazing grace. Who
2: makes the power of sin and darkness, whose love is mighty and so much stronger. The king who conquered the grave
0: For us by Phil Wickham from his Ascension Edition album. This is Amazing Grace here on Haven Today and All the Bible in 90 Days. I'm Charles Morris. You know, the old reformer Martin Luther was once asked why he preached the gospel every week, and he replied that we forget it every week. Well, that hits a little close to home, doesn't it? Christians have received God's grace through Jesus Christ the most unexpected, undeserved good news imaginable. And sometimes we think and act like we've never even heard the good news. We start another week on our job, or going to school, or living in our neighborhood, and slowly but surely we begin to act as though we never heard and believed the gospel. We begin to wonder if God loves us because we obey, or we think that we need Jesus plus something in order to stand righteous before God. Or maybe we lie awake at night wondering if we have believed strongly enough or repented hard enough. I know I've thought that. In fact, I have thought all of these things, and I suspect you have too. And that's why we need passages like this that I want to talk about. We need to be reminded of God's surprising, even shocking grace to us in Jesus Christ. And maybe that's a good thing to keep in mind when you come to Ephesians 2. Christians have held on to this section of Paul's epistle in the storms of life or when doubts creep into our minds. And today, why don't you and I try to figure out why it is so comforting? The Ephesian Christians were primarily Gentile believers. That means they had come out of paganism and into Christ by means of the Holy Spirit. They didn't worship Yahweh like the Jews did, at least most of them didn't. They worshiped the gods and goddesses of the Greeks and the Romans, and to Jewish eyes, these people would have been as far away from the one true God as anyone could possibly be. So what the apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians 2, verse 1, isn't all that surprising, coming from a Jewish man. He told them, you were dead, in your transgressions and sins the apostle says something that is far from popular in our own day or in any other time in the past we are dead and we are guilty apart from jesus christ not a very pretty picture is it we know what dead means of course no life no activity no power this isn't a very happy clappy thing to say is it but it is true If you read the Bible from start to finish, it's something you have to think about again and again. We are dead in sin. Ever since Adam and Eve fell to sin in the Garden of Eden, we can't pull ourselves up to salvation by our bootstraps. There are no self-made people in heaven. If we weren't dead, maybe we could pull it off. If we were only sick in sin, perhaps we could achieve the goal with some medicine. But Paul makes the point very clear. We were not sick. We were far beyond sick. We were dead. We were completely unable to come to God, just like a dead body is completely unable to give life to itself. A corpse just lies there. It can't do anything. And the news only gets worse. In verse 3 of chapter 2 of Ephesians, we read, "...we were by nature deserving of wrath." Now things are getting even more surprising here. Earlier, Paul said, you. That makes sense. These Gentiles were pagans after all. But now he says, we deserve the wrath of God. And he's including Jews like himself. Everyone is sinful. Everyone deserves judgment. We've all learned the wrath of God. If there's any word in the Bible that gets pushback today, it's this one. The concept of of God's wrath is something that most people react against. The idea seems to be that God is love, and therefore wrath is impossible for him. Well, maybe he has wrath against people like Hitler, but certainly not normal people like you and me. But the Bible paints a different picture. And since the Bible is God's own word, we need to let him tell us about himself. Imagine with me. A little boy playing in a sandbox on a hot summer morning. If his big sister came out and told him to come in for lunch and he said no, he would probably get into a bit of trouble. But now imagine that his mom comes out to tell him to come in and eat and have his lunch. And he still says no. He has disobeyed someone with more authority now. The trouble is piling up and so are the consequences. I don't know about you. But if I had a little boy who told me no, there would be some problems. Now imagine this same little boy, only now he is all grown up. He's in court. He's on trial for stealing a car. And every time the judge speaks to him, he tells the judge a simple word, no. And that gets him into more trouble than he's ever been in in his life. And why? Because every person he has said no to has more authority than the last. But what about the Lord of heaven and earth? When we sin against him, we sin against the highest authority, the greatest good, the most appealing beauty. We sin against the creator of all things. And so it only makes sense that our sins will carry a massive punishment with them. Now that's the bad news. But thanks be to God, there is the good news too. Paul changes gears on us, and he begins to talk about this one word I mentioned as we began, and that word is grace. In verses 4 and 5, we read some of the most eloquent words in all of the Bible, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. We could not have changed the situation in which we found ourselves. We were guilty. We couldn't change that. We were dead, and we could not make ourselves alive. We were by nature children of wrath, and we couldn't change our nature. We couldn't escape God's wrath, the wrath of our creator and judge. But the Lord himself moved toward us. He is the one who did something about this business when he would have been perfectly just and righteous to wipe us off the face of the earth for our sin and guilt, while we were still sinners, dead, he came to us. And while we were enemies, God himself got to work, making peace with us. The good news is that Jesus came, lived, died, and rose for his people in their place. Now that's the gospel. The story of the Bible has always been moving to this. The greatest story ever told has always been about Jesus. And that leads us to a clear understanding of grace. It is undeserved. You and I and every other sinner who has ever lived, we deserve the exact opposite of this. But Ephesians two eight says that God's undeserved grace gives us everything we could ever need or want. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Now maybe you're with me today, and you're wondering if there's grace enough for you. Can you and I have any hope? We, who are by nature deserving his wrath, as Paul says, Well, Ephesians 2 has an answer for you, and the answer is in all caps, yes, there is enough grace, even for you. One sinner is not more or less dead than another, and God can make any dead man or dead woman alive. And we can't work our way into God's favor. After all, apart from Jesus, we're dead in our sins. But what does the gospel, the good news of Christ tell us? By grace, you are saved. Or as the prophet Joel once said in the Old Testament, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. God, through Jesus Christ, has done it all for us, his dead, his guilty enemies. And that's what we find when we read God's holy word. You know, we can read the Bible for the wrong reasons, Maybe you and I are tempted to read God's Word to get brownie points with the Lord, but it it doesn't work that way. On our own, we deserve wrath. But in Jesus, we get more grace than we could ever imagine. So why not throw yourself on this merciful Savior? And why not read His Word to see more about who He is and what He has done?
3: Amazing! How sweet the sound that saved. Yeah. The earth shall soon dissolve like snow.
0: The traditional hymn sung for us by Kristen Getty and Dana Masters and also saxophonist Kirk Whelan, Amazing Grace, here in this 2021 album, Confessio, Irish-American Roots, here on Haven Today. I really want to encourage you to read the Bible with me this year. Studies show that more and more Christians are just not reading God's Word How else can we know God's thoughts about life, though, if we don't take up his word to us? So why don't you join me and take the challenge and read his word with me over the next three months. It is a little work, but the payoff is eternal. And when you follow the Bible in 90 Days reading plan, you'll get the big picture, the great story of redemption. That's all about Jesus. So to help you do this... I'd like to encourage you to sign up for a special weekly email that includes the reading plan you can download along with insights into what you will read that week. It's free to sign up. You just need to visit us right now at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or you can ask for the reading plan bookmark when you call us at 800-654-2836, 800 65 Haven and we also have the special Bible in 90 days actual Bible which shows you where to start and where to stop each day a little extra larger print in a slimmer book it's easy to slip this Bible into a backpack or a purse so you can read it anywhere and for your support of Haven today I'd like to send you the special Bible today our number once again is 800-800 65 haven and our website once again is haventoday.org. i'm charles morris thank you so much for joining me won't you come back again tomorrow but again together we'll share the great story it's all about jesus here on haven today Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. A needle and a thread can patch holes in socks and shirts if you know what you're doing. If only it were so easily to patch up the brokenness of people. Of course, we try hard to fix ourselves, and in small ways, sometimes we might succeed. We might break an old habit, make a new one, reach a goal. But there's a kind of fixing every person needs that lies far beyond their reach. There was a woman sick for 12 years, and she knew who could heal her. It's there in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9. She approached Jesus and said to herself, If I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. And she was right. But Jesus came to do more than that. He came to redeem and rescue for eternity those who are far from God. Get started with Anchor Devotional today visit getanchor.com.